I'm Alana Burke, CEO of Your Life's Workshop, coach to entrepreneurs and solopreneurs across dozens of industries, and host of Good Business. With nearly 20 years' experience helping hundreds of clients create profitable, ethically driven, and sustainable businesses based on their life's work, I'm here to teach you how to do great work, make great money, and make a positive impact without feeling like you need a shower afterwards. Welcome, everybody. Today's episode is about the fine art of designing offers and revenue models that work for your work. Because when it comes to how you deliver what you do, one size most definitely does not fit all. So I was on a call with a client a few days ago. A little backstory on this. The client and I have been working together for years. I've watched and been a part of her business growth for a really long time. When we began, she had just a brick and mortar business that was the sort of thing that like has a really standardized business model, like where she doesn't actually have a lot of choices about how she markets her stuff because it's such a heavy competition area that like there's parameters, there's, there's insurance, there's externalized things that she has to grapple with that kind of limit her choices of like what she can do with it and how she can offer it. So it's a standardized service with pretty standardized pricing. So the only things that were really within her control was how she marketed her services. So obviously she came to me to kind of do that work, right? The marketing part of like, how can I make more money? How can I grow this? But she also knew that she wanted more. She wanted more freedom from the form that she was stuck in. She wanted to be able to travel. She wanted to be able to do deeper, less standardized work than the kind of cultural societal expectations around the profession she'd chosen had would really allow. Now, she really enjoyed her work, but it was more the results that she enjoyed than the actual work itself. So, and she was in a healing modality, so this will give you a little more context. But so fast forward back to the call, we're, we're like three-ish years later, right? We're back to this call a few days ago. And over that time, we, together, she and I had built a brand that set her on that path. It took her a really long time, like longer than either of us planned it would. So longer than either of us thought, right? But over that time, we nurtured both her brick and mortar business and her newer endeavor, which was an online only model. We created opportunities for both brands and they both grew bit by bit. And we both, we both really grew (laughs) over that time too. I learned more, she learned more, which is probably a topic for a whole other episode. Because when you share your work and your lives with people, it's, man, it's a big thing, right? So we'll definitely put a pin in that and talk about that another time. So uh, now, but here's what happens when you learn over time. You come up with new ideas, of course, right? Like you get clearer and clearer and clearer over time. The more time you spend, the more data you have, the more opportunities present themselves. So we always struggled, though, to find service offerings that were really like an all the way fit that like ticked all of her boxes. She needed to maintain her brick and mortar business while growing her online one. And this is, this is fucking hard as shit, right? We all know that. Like if you have, I mean, if you're somebody that has a side hustle or you, you know, let alone having two separate businesses that are kind of, they feed each other, but are separate. This is not an easy thing. So, um, but over the past six months, her own capacity kind of started to change. Like she started going through some personal evolution. She pursued a new methodology that had called to her. Uh, and, and that methodology really turned out to be a cool bridge between the two spaces. So last week, now I'll actually get back to the call. <laughs> I said I was doing that and then I wandered off again, but now back to the call. So, um, last week as a result of all this evolution, all this process, all this, uh, reevaluation, all this learning, all this digging in, right. Um, 
we came to a whole new concept that checked all of those boxes. All the ones that we set out to achieve all those years ago, even when she didn't even fully know what she wanted, it was more like she knew how she wanted to feel. So here's how that played out. She started offering a class of this new methodology that I mentioned, and she filled the first class. And from there, she started hearing from those clients that they and students that they really wanted more ways to practice at home. They wanted more independence. They wanted to be able to connect with the work she was doing more, which was progressively at the same time lighting her up more than any of her other work was. Uh, and she was seeing results from people that was really profound. And she started to see kind of beyond just a, a profession or a modality, she started to see like a real purpose in life, that it started to feel like something even bigger. So uh, her people also really wanted a way to connect with each other more and deepen their sense of community around this new work. So what we came up with was a structure for a membership site. The framework would directly respond to her clients' needs and desires, right, to connect with each other more, to have a, a way in which they can easily access a way to practice at home. It was another way of uh, stabilizing her income in between class cycles. It allowed her freedom and flexibility to do kind of whatever she wanted, right, to grow, to change, to learn, um, and to not be tied to a brick-and-mortar business. Uh, it could easily start to replace her brick-and-mortar income if it was marketed well. Like, we all know that membership sites have that capacity for major growth because the sky's the limit on how many people you bring in. Then it had, which, you know, brings us to the last point of, like, almost unlimited scalability, which was something that, like, there was such a, you know, she was going to size out of her brick and mortar business. There's only so many time slots in a day. There's only so much capacity for growth. So scalability was going to progressively become more difficult. She wanted to grow, make more money, have a bigger impact, etc. So our mutual enthusiasm when we came up with this was like electric. It started as kind of like a little kernel of a, hey, maybe you should start a group. And then it became a, hey, maybe you should charge for that group. Then hey, oh, and then you could do this and you could add videos and you could add in this. And there's all this incredible software out there now that does that. And holy shit. <laughs> and as we're talking on her coaching call, it was like this concept just started to evolve and unfold. And we realized how effortless it was, how easy it felt, how aligned it felt for everything she wanted and everything I wanted for her as her partner in that, you know, her coaching partner. <laughs> and it reinvigorated her enthusiasm for her overall work and mission in the world, like immediately. And that alignment reinvigorated mine. So here's the three lessons I want to highlight here in, in this conversation is your business model is like everything. You'll never feel successful until you find and create a model that works for your business and your life in equal measure. There, it, there's just no other option. Like if you want to be a solopreneur and you feel like the way you spend your time and energy should be about something more than just making a living, which if you're listening, you, you feel that way. <laughs> Nobody listens to my podcast if they don't feel that way, right? So that means that like your business model and your service offerings are so much more important. Like getting that right is so much more important. Um, you know, you've heard me talk about things like delivering on your promises and coming at your service offerings from that standpoint. And this is kind of a piece of that bigger conversation of like, you've got to work backwards from where you want to end up instead of going like, oh, I'm a life coach. So I'll do three months at biweekly coaching and it'll cost $1,600 because that's what everybody does. And that's what it should be. Uh, you have to be able to look differently at your work. And so that finding the right one. So the second thing is finding the right one is that 
is something that aligns with everything you want and with the people you want to serve. And that can take a really, really, really long time because you need information to know what those things are. You need data. You need uh, patterns. You need to know what those, what all of the different components are. It's not something that you're going to get right, right out the gate. It just isn't. So uncovering that model requires a ton of vigorous learning and it requires help. That's, you know, somebody like me, a business community, something. It requires you to push yourself to learn and grow past your, uh, what you previously understood as your capacity or desire for learning. You just basically have to suck it up and do it. So one of the common mistakes that I see people make when they embark on new work is that they totally fail to fully grasp the ripple effect of their chosen field. Because in many fields, there are limits, whether you want to admit that or not. Like there are limits, you know, if you want to be a massage therapist, say, you're limited by your time and physical ability. Like some people will be able to do a little more, but some people will be able to do a little bit less. But there's not a person on earth that can do more than, you know, six massages, eight massages in a day. And that's like crazy, right? So you've got to know that, like, you got to do the math on that. How, how much money can you actually make doing that? And what's what if you really filled every slot, what's the highest level of capacity that you could reach doing that? And how long can you do it? You are constrained by the the physical parameters of life, right? You're not going to be able to physically do that forever. You're probably not going to want to do that forever. So in every industry, in every field, there are actual logistical limits. Now, of course, you can you know, you can be the next dollar shave club, like, and you can upset an industry and do things completely differently and change the capacity and change the rules. Of course. But how many of those are there? And when you're thinking about doing something like, I want to be a healer, I want to be a coach, I want to open a store, there's going to be some boundaries that you just probably should at least respect as like, you're probably not the, um, the beautiful glowing unicorn of, massage therapy, they can somehow figure out how to upend an industry and find more capacity, right? Like there are some things that just have limits and that's, that's okay to respect those limits because what you can do once you know those limits is it, is it, you gives you like the, the sandbox that, you know, you're playing in. And it means that instead of asking yourself what work will make you happy, you should be asking yourself what actually, what, what makes you happy in general, that maybe it's not the work. Maybe it's the how you want to live your life, how you want to feel, how you want to experience the world. Uh, what are the logistics that will make you happy? Are you somebody who, who is dying to travel? Are you dying to live in a beach house, you know, on the coast somewhere? Are you, um, do you crave living out of your car? I don't know. Like, what's the actual lifestyle that feels like it calls to you? Because you have to be able to align your work and the capacity of your work with the lifestyle that you want, or you're never going to get it. So you have to make sure that those things happen in tandem. So first you ask yourself, what makes you happy in general? What, what's the lifestyle that you want to achieve? Then you ask yourself, and, and by the way, I'm actually going to pause there for a second. That's why lifestyle brands work. Because fundamentally, we are all chasing a lifestyle underneath. So even when it's about business coaching, the reason why business coaches who post pictures of themselves in exotic locations, it's because we want the lifestyle of their success. We tend to pay attention a little bit less to the content if they have a lifestyle we want. 
That's why that works. So if you've ever wondered why that works, that's why that works. Because your subconscious cares more about that than it does about the content. So you have to think about that, like recognize that. I'm just shining a light on something that people don't really shine a light on. If you do this deliberately, then you're not, you don't end up falling prey to those like uh, your id taking over moments where you sign up for courses that are way too expensive and, <laughs> and they take you nowhere because you're just feeding that person's lifestyle. You're not actually learning what it takes to be a person who has that lifestyle. So, um, okay. So first you're going to ask yourself what makes you happy in general. Then you're going to ask yourself what type of impact you want to have on others. So not what kind of work you want to do, but like if, you know, to go back to my client, she's a natural healer. Just that is, she wants to heal people. That's what's underneath it all. So there's a million ways to do that. And if you actually focus on the impact that you want to have on people, you might find yourself exploring work and modalities and options that you never thought you would, you would, you know, if you actually come from, what do you want the result to be rather than I want to help people or I want to change the world or I want to have an impact. What kind of an impact? What kind of change? How do you want to affect people specifically? right? Like for me, I like making people's dreams come true. That's my cheesy big why. Um, that's the impact I want to have. I want to make as many people have their thing that makes them happy and makes their livelihood work as possible before I die. That's for whatever reason, that's the way I'm wired. So you think about, so the second step is you ask yourself what type of an impact you want to have on others. Then you look at for a work life that can hold both of those things in equal measure. Right. So then you think about like, okay, what kind of lifestyle might that look like? If I want to have that kind of impact, can I do that in four hours a day? Or am I somebody who wants to do this morning, noon and night? There's no right answer to that. But look for um, something that can align all of that can check all the boxes. Right. At least um, from a capacity standpoint, business model comes later. We're just talking about the work right now. We're talking about the actual the logistics of like, uh, I'm going to be a healer, right? So it's kind of a, more of a, like, a uh, industry, I guess. And then there's going to be lots of permutations within the industry of how you deliver on that. So, um, it requires more than just market research. I mean, market research is part of it. And that's not just demographics and understanding if there's a market for your product, it's understanding the market itself. It's understanding what works and what doesn't what society will allow and what it doesn't within that modality or uh, chosen industry. Um, it's, uh, it requires capacity research in yourself, like, and in society, you know, like where are the boundaries? What, you know, where are the edges of the sandbox that you can play in? It requires you to understand all the edges of what your chosen work is and whether there are chains that you can live with or whether you'll have to break them and reinvent them. Because you might find that if you actually play this out in your head all the way, if you actually do all this homework before you move forward on anything, you might find that you're, you're not actually willing to, to do that work. Like the, if it requires you to reinvent a whole industry just so that you can be happy within it, maybe it's time to look at a different industry. Maybe it's time to look at something different altogether. And you have to be humble enough to know that, to like pay attention to it. That's how a lot of people end up in industries that they don't want to be in because they don't understand all these components up front and they don't do this work. So as you grow into how you offer your work, the model that you choose should take all of these things into consideration. 
So for some examples to kind of give you some logistics, because I know that this is kind of a heady topic. So if you desperately want to feel the power of community, right? You want people to know that, um, that there are villages that will hold them, that your, your mission in life is to make sure people feel less alone and feel like community is possible for them. Well, setting up a one-on-one coaching model is probably not going to do that because there's only so many times you can tell people to like, go join an improv class, right? So, um, so that's, you know, one example, right? Like, so, uh, another example would be if you see yourself, uh, as a location independent professional, a storefront will probably feel like shackles, right? If you want to make a big impact on a lot of people while also being able to work just a few hours a week, you can't possibly expect a high ticket price or high touch experience to work right out of the gate. You just don't have the credibility for it yet, right? So if you want to have a broad impact, having a high ticket price is going to limit the number of people that can participate. So you have to kind of play these things out. So basically the formula is desired impact plus personal fulfillment plus known market constraints equals a business model that can actually work for you. So essentially start where you want to end up and work backwards from there. In the sustainability world, like my MBA is in in sustainable enterprise. And one of the concepts we always worked with was backcasting. And if you're interested, look it up, like go do some Googling. It's really fascinating. It's a way of solving some of the world's biggest problems, starting from the solution and working backward from the solution to find all the steps on the pathway to get there. Uh, And you can totally do that. Figure out what you want your life and your work to look and feel like, and then you work backward from there. That's how you create a business that's not only financially successful, but one that can actually make you happy. One that you'll actually be happy to have when you get there. So with that, I want to wish you all... uh, happy week, happy Mother's Day. Um, and I hope you all have a fantastic week and uh, create business models that work for you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. For more information, visit thegoodbusiness.co or yourlifesworkshop.com.